Blog Talk Radio. Wow, we just had this kind of weird little glitch, so it hasn't figured out, but here we go. Pagans Tonight Radio, the voice of the pagan world, featuring the man with all the questions that some don't want you to hear. Called the most dangerous person you will ever listen to, the ever-curious digital pioneer, Ed the Pagan. And welcome, everybody. Wow, that was an interesting open. Um, it happens from time to time where the glitches come in, especially when I have really unusual and what I think are, are, are fantastic and amazing guests. I want to thank everybody who's been following us. We're one month into the re-resurrection of uh, Pagan's Night Radio as it is, and you guys have really made us one of the most dynamic shows out there. I'm really grateful for you listening. I'm grateful for your downloads. It's been pretty impressive. As people have asked me, what type of shows do I listen to and what type of podcasting you like? And everybody knows I'm pretty discerning in the sense of that I have to pay attention to what I'm doing because, um, you know, I want to keep busy and I can easily get lost. But I listen to a lot of podcasts, I'll be honest. And everybody knows I'm a big Gary Vee fan and um, Ray Kerr as well, especially Pierre D- Diamandis. I, I like uh, Timothy uh, Farrell, which, uh, Ferris, which is, you know, the four-day work week. Uh, so, th- you know, I like those sort of that flow, the long now, which I'm especially that Kevin Kelly, you, you guys all know that, but I guess one of my most favorite shows and of recent time, and it's been really solid for me is open loops podcast. And I, it's, it's, you know, it's a real pleasure to listen to it. It's one of those. I actually download every episode onto my phone automatically because I really want to listen to it. And so the conscious disruptor that has a lot of great themes to it. And, you know, it's the type of things I talk about, about around the campfire and I teach some of this stuff, but you know, you guys know me as pretty solid individual, but you don't really know the depths of sometime of what I really like. Uh, and so this is one of those pleasures for me. I got Greg Bornstein. And this is going to be bringing him on without much to do. The conscious disruptor. We'll talk to him directly. And I want him to thank him for doing this live. So this is a live show. Hi, Greg. Welcome aboard. Hey, hey, Ed. Oh, my gosh. I am I am so honored to be put in the same category as Gary B. And Holy, yeah. sort of. At least in, in terms of your attention. Uh, attention is currency these days. So, yeah, thank you. Really appreciate oh. it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And I think you deserve it. I think you've done a really good and, – and your show is a fantastic show. And you're the conscious disruptor. So – Let's go ahead and get that one out. What is, for uh, people who don't know you, and I'm presuming that the vast majority of my audience doesn't know who you are because I bet you more than you'd be surprised because people do ask me, but can you tell us what a conscious disruptor is? A consciousness disruptor. Yeah, you know, I was trying to figure out what is the term for people like us that love talking about these topics and love talking about them publicly and to me it's really about it's about it's about well I, you know what it is it was a clever take uh, or my attempt to be clever um on the concept of disruption as it applies to the regular corporate world people use that mm-hmm. word they throw it around it's a buzzword they say airbnb disrupted hotels Uber mm-hmm. disrupted taxis. So I thought, you know what? I'm I'm a little bit uh, I'm newer to the esoteric in the metaphysical, and uh, to me, I was going, you know what? What people need right now is to have their consciousness disrupted. They need to question the very things, their very foundations every day, but also even sometimes question. The questioning. So my attempt is always to play, and perhaps someone someone might say, well, look, do you have a skeptic on? That's, uh, why are you doing that? That's the default consciousness. But I think people in the spiritual community need to have their consciousness disrupted just as much as people that are taking waking reality for granted. So that is my goal, to shake people up, to disrupt their consciousness, um, in the same way that I think Robert Anton Wilson 
was doing. I, I looked at him as a huge influence because that guy played both sides. So disrupting consciousness, it's claiming the word, shaking people mm-hmm. up, waking people up, and uh, even waking up the people that are trying to wake people up. I think that's a great way of playing it. And I, I will say, one of the reasons why I listened to your show, which is Open Loops, and I want you to explain a little bit about what Open Loops are, and then I've got some real questions for you, because I really, because you asked some great questions, but, and you tend to keep your your opinions out of it, which I really appreciate, but tonight we're going to ask right. your opinions. So, uh, okay. Well, yeah. Great. I mean, that's yeah, uh, um, <laughs> that's fine. I, I, I'll disclose. I'll disclose. Right. Um, but so what is Open Loops? Uh, can you describe, you know, you do the Open Loops podcast, which is you can get it on Apple. You can get it on where you, if you get your podcast. You should really look this up. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, well, it, it really initially it came from the fact that I have so many interests that's what it really comes down to so many different interests and they were always a little bit out there um i mm-hmm. and i know that i i have a hypnosis background that's sort of where i often go towards in terms of a lot of the times the way i frame whether it's a conspiracy theorist whether it's a ufo uh i whether it's a psychic i'm often looking at the trances that people might be in or at least might be putting other people in. Um, so that is always like a running theme throughout the show and hypnosis and open loops is a concept from hypnosis. Um, but the other thing is it really came from this, <laughs> this coach that I was working with at the beginning of the pandemic that said, Greg, here's the problem. You have a lot of interests, but they're not – you haven't resolved any of these things. You haven't gone all the way in. Sure, you like hypnosis, but you never became a hypnotist. Sure, you like uh, studying the occult and whatnot, but you haven't gone all the way and committed to it. So what's happening is you have a stack of all these different interests that are unresolved, and what happens when you have so many open loops in your head – is that it can actually lead to feeling bad about yourself. So this guy said, look, I think what you have to do with this is create something. Take this knowledge, this curiosity, this lifelong learning, and put it into a show and give back to people. And I was going, okay, fine. I'll start a podcast. We'll we'll talk about all this stuff. We'll interview people about it. And the name was perfect for me because of what I realized is that, yes – Open loops may not always be the best thing for your mental state in terms of daily productivity, but if you can put a container around these various different schools of thought and interests and explore them in a more conscious way, well, then you might have something. So that's really the birth of the show from it, but to put it very simply, an open loop is an unfinished idea. Um, hypnotists do it all the time marketers do it all the time the best sales letters I love reading sales copy Ed. I really do um, they mm-hmm. always do that thing where they say you know there's one secret my mentor taught me that allowed me to make over six figures last year I'll tell you what that secret is in a second but before I do boom planting a seed in the mind of the audience curious that's what a real a skilled hypnotist a skilled anyone skilled in rhetoric does really well so it's a tribute to that as well planting little seeds of curiosity in people leaving the loop open and making you just want to know more wow that's a it's that's surprisingly a lot of reason why i started my uh my radio experience uh 30 years ago um because I knew other people – for me, it was very interesting because I liked listening to people. I wanted to talk to them, and, and you get them into a room and talk to them for a little bit, but like, no, 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 I want other people to hear this because you're saying it. And I, I discovered that by getting them on the air, I had verification that this person said things, 
and that my ideas weren't as crazy as possible. Um, <laughs> right, but right. You're, um, but you're doing it as a seeker. You're, so you're, you're saying that you're doing it as a seeker, uh, that you're doing this as much as you're doing it for the public. You're doing this as much for yourself. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. And that's, that's the danger um, sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, or at least I uh, – it's tricky I, because, yeah, there, there, there are definitely times where I'm like, oh, well, I better, I better make sure that this isn't just for me. Um, but I think that's – I mean, look, I went to school for acting. I, I was performing at not – Occult magic, but conjuring when I was five, um, mm-hmm. always been about entertaining people. So definitely, I know we talked about this when you were on my show, um, that spirit of Art Bell from Coast to Coast. That's really who I, I look up to in terms of someone in this space because I think keeping it engaging, keeping it entertaining for the audience, but also exploring these topics – um, at the same time, it's, that, that's always the challenge I hold myself to as well. And I think you do admirably. I think, you, I think you're one of the closest shows to the Art Bell style that I've listened to. Um, <laughs> oh, in thank that you. you. Don't, that means a lot. Um, but I think what it is is that you do not interfere. One of the things I enjoy about your show, and if you've ever seen it, and we're going to talk about what show content it is in just a second, but you do not interfere with your guests. You ask the questions. You drew more out of me. Uh, than a lot of people ever do. Um, and I think it's a difference. You really do want to know how people think. And I think your hypnosis background, uh, neurolinguistic programming, probably a little bit of that in there. You're yeah, able to get people yeah. to reveal some of it. So let's talk about some of your subjects. So you take on almost any subject. My favorite subject that you take on is time travel. I know. Let's go <laughs> ahead. And, I love time yeah. travel. I, I, I'm, you know, I've told, I told, People who know me know that I, I, I'm very convinced I'm in the middle of a time travel experiment, and, and yes. I have been for most. Yes. Of, and so I always love the time travel travel ones um, because I think they they answer some of them, and some of them I just think are like I have to like okay I'm going to listen to this open mind, and some of them are not. But you also do more important ones. Um, recently, you've done flow a lot of about flow and how to be happy so you you don't stick with that that sort of thing um so the right. others you, you've done hypnosis you've done a whole range of people can you just talk about how do you find your guests it's, it's just i think you get some of the most amazing guests and a lot of them i've never heard of before without yeah, revealing your you secrets know, <laughs> i know i know uh, well you know i I think I think well. First of all, I think Facebook is a very interesting marketplace of people. Um, it definitely has its its interesting corners. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, look with time travelers and and listeners. If you're if you're into time travel, there are groups on Facebook of people dedicated. Um, sometimes even I mean, I, honestly, Ed, I thought of doing a podcast, a separate podcast, at some point with people that want to believe time travel is real because I, I was in one of these time travel Facebook groups and I put up a question to, I posed this question to the public. How many of you want to travel back in time? If you could to fix something personal in your life. And it was like at least a hundred people responded, which is shows me that there is this, it speaks to something inside of humans that mm-hmm. very much is is it speaks to the hopeful part of humans. It speaks to this this scientific sci-fi that that, that kind of the dreamer, the fantasy. Um, I found it very fascinating. And you could say, well, it also speaks to delusionary people with delusions, people that think mm-hmm. that they're going to resolve this issue with some supernatural means but the fact is that so many people responded and were open about responding in a community of people that were time travel junkies that to me is interesting so that said um i definitely thought well huh uh, that could i could do a whole podcast just on people that like are interested in time travel to fix something in their life because that's cool um then i want to know what the story is there um but with regard to guests yeah you know 
you're in those groups, and I think what happens is sometimes I see someone leave a comment. I'll post about the Montauk Project or I'll see something, and then I'll see someone write something that says, yeah, I was involved in this, and Mm -hmm. I'll just start doing some sleuthing Um, (laughs) because those are more interesting. It's the people that seem a little bit – a little bit, uh, a little bit. I don't know. They're they're not trying to push their story on the public. They might say mm-hmm. something. They want attention, but then they kind of pull back a little bit, which is kind of interesting because uh, a lot of people think that's the whole thing with UFOs. That's that they they show up just to kind of give you a bit of a glimpse and then pull away to make you wonder. Um, that's kind of how I feel about the real mystical people, the people that have been involved in stuff like this. They're not rubbing it in your face. They're not screaming, I'm a time traveler. They'll just put something out there, and whoever's curious will seek. So whether it's mm-hmm. on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I look for people that have a little bit of that spark, and then I reach out and see if they're willing. And also, you know, I mean, there is so much. It's great to be in the internet now because – you can mm-hmm. research people that have put websites together about all this stuff, and they have their email address. And if you reach out, sometimes they're shocked that someone wants to tell their story. Um, so, I mean, I think it's as simple as just keeping an eye out there and, and having the guts to ask most of the time because, yeah, people want a platform to share their experiences. They really do. And. I was thinking about how we met, uh, how we connected, and it was through one of the podcast you know, collectives that we belong to, and you were looking for guests, and I said, oh, yeah, I'd be interested, and it, it really, actually, I, I will say that you and Gary Coca, Gary, Gary Conchalillo, yeah, my friend from uh, Host of Everything Imaginable. Right, and between the two of you, uh, you got me started getting the itch back, because after three years of not being on the air on a regular basis, it got me back. But one of the most important series, let me take you, you know, we've talked about Strange, but I think one you did very, very well just recently that grounded it was the Shh series, you know, uh, Manifestation. Oh, about the Law of Attraction. Right, and you did five parts with five different people, um, four or five people. And it was, a, yeah. it was over several days. Um, but that one I thought was very well-grounded. It went from the opposite of what we, people would think. You know, you had open loops with, you know, kind of the idea of those two. But that was very rooted in sort of the now the on you know, how to be useful today. Can you talk about yeah. that? I think that one, I think that if, if I were to recommend anyone, the shows that I would recommend, those would be the shows I would recommend to people to first listen to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, now what's funny about those is that those ones did come out more conventionally. Um, those, I mean, most of those guests came from a podcast group, uh, and I was amazed at how many mm-hmm. people are talking about manifestation now, um, manifestation coaches. And, you know, I mean, look, Ed, I, and I even I, I say this in the final episode of that where I kind of give my commentary on all of this mm-hmm. because I, I've never been – I have to play around with manifestation more. And I know it's kind of the it, – it really is the, the – uh, when you start talking magic with a K and, and all this stuff, um, that's really where – where where this stuff I mean taken to taken them to more of a uh, serious practice goes. People talk about spells, magic. I mean you've talked about it with me. Um, the mm-hmm. ability to make something appear in your life using uh, form of ritual, sigil, uh, whatever it is. So you could say that the law of attraction is like a lighter version of that, a little more palatable to the public, a little more. You know, you have people that are um, maybe came from corporate jobs that delve into a little bit of the spiritual stuff. They read The Secret, and now all of a sudden manifestation becomes a buzzword, and they have no idea that they could look at uh, some of the stuff from Aleister Crowley and, and people that are serious and see some of those ideas in there. But instead, they're just kind of um, still tapping into – spiritual principles. Now, some people say it's a law of attraction. 
I've also heard the law of creation is really what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But the idea is that I had people that were doing it, and I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to just throw the law of attraction. If I'm going to do this, I'm just going to do a series of interviews with people with different backgrounds, different experiences, line them up against each other, see where they contradict, see where they line up, and examine, is there actually something here? Um, And you know what? What I think I got the most out of from that was this notion of that no matter what, we always are manifesting. Um, Even if you're not thinking, okay, I want this new job, I want this new career, Um, this idea that we're all creating the reality that we're living on a daily basis anyways, and it doesn't even matter if you believe it or not. That seemed to be a scene that ran through uh, everyone I talked with, and my conclusion at the end of it was that, look, it's kind of of like a lot of these things when it comes to expanding consciousness. At the end of the day, it's a great trance to buy into, even if if it's real, if it's not real. The idea that you are, your perceptions can be in control of what you bring into your life. The idea that you are more conscious of where your focus is, locking into that state and and really seeing the world through that lens, whether it's Mm -hmm. real or not, it's a great, it's a great trance to buy into because, hey, <laughs> it, it could it, it makes you feel more in control. So I, I you know I and I'll be the first to say I haven't toyed around with it enough. Um, partly because I I I, mm, I think I used to be into like eh, I want money and all this stuff, but but in terms of I want to know what I want to manifest before I actually start manifesting. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. But I'd be glad to play around and see if this stuff works. Um, yeah, that, that's really, that was the idea. It was looking at the secret, looking at the law of attraction and seeing, Hey, what exactly is this trend of manifesting? Um, mm-hmm. is there something to it? There you go. I mean, I think that, and I, you know, I wish I'd manifest better. It's one of those things that I'm surprisingly not as good about as that. Cause I tend to just go into what I do. Um, yeah, right. I'm about to go on a 40. I'm about to go on a 40-day trip across America, with only about half the resources I need. I don't even know everywhere I'm going yet, so I do a lot of adventures on that. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. And but great things. Oh yeah, it's going to be that. So you mentioned that you do that. Your your background is hypnosis. Is that what you do now as a, as a practice, or because I noticed that you don't. <laughs> yeah. I noticed you don't have sponsors on your show. I know. That's all I don't. I, <laughs> I know. What is going on with my show? I feel like I'm such an infant in this space in so many ways. Um, and it is true. I mean, look, I started the show a year ago. I'm at 160 episodes now. Um, and I mean, I'm not an infant to entertainment. I've been doing that forever. But mm-hmm. the idea of creating content, putting it out there regularly. Um, you know, I'm so. When I look at people like you. And uh, Alan Steinfeld, who I just had on, who uh, the host of New Realities, which he was doing that as a cable access show in New York City for t- over 25 years. Um, I, I go, wow. <laughs> These people have really dedicated their life to this space. Um, Alan is a great example because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was reading his stuff, and I read his book, which, by the way, Anybody listening, if you're into the whole UFO thing, um, making contact, the uh, preparing for the new reality of our extraterrestrial existence, one of the best books I've read mm-hmm. about any of this. So good. It connects consciousness to, to the entire alien thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely check it out. Um, but, yeah, after reading his stuff, I was like, holy crap, this guy is saying the same exact stuff that I'm trying to do. He's all about getting people into new realities, new trances, new 
trying on new ideas. Um, so why don't I have sponsors? Well, <laughs> part mm-hmm. of it is I am still trying to figure out what to do with this show. Um, and, the, you know, j- just the, the whole podcast space. I mean, I, I decided to start a podcast at a time when everybody decided to do a podcast. Um, so there's that. Uh, and the other thing is in terms of hypnosis, the more people on the show – the more I've realized, wow, I, I do want to go back into this again. So do I practice it now? No, I, I have a day job right now. But, Ed, part of my journey, I think, as I've gone deeper into the show and as I talk to more people and as I realize, wow, um, there really is room to explore altered state of consciousness these days. People are more into it these days. Mm-hmm. I am – starting to move towards uh, doing sessions with people. Uh, I, I've, I've done sessions before. I, I did it for a little bit, but I haven't really – I never wanted to just do stop smoking. I mean I could do that stuff, but to me, I'm more interested in the, the, the generative aspects of trance. The, the, um, that, that to me is more interesting. What can you create – with this altered state of mind, where can we take people? Um, I just interviewed someone the other day uh, who is a future life progressionist. Um, I'm excited to put out that interview. She just does future stuff. She does past lives too, but she takes people to the future. That to me is so much more compelling. So I, yeah, you know, I, um, I want to move back. I'm going to start doing it more. Me too. Um, me too. And I'm, I'm, I will say that for a large part, I, people, people who know me know that I've spent, basically walked out of the world for a little while to do, I went seven years into the field, uh, raising worms of all things. That's wow. what, you know, so, oh yeah. And then it wasn't only because the city of Chicago and spirit decided that I, they want me back on the trail that I start doing it. Um, yeah, it, it's a whole morbid story of people, uh, that know about it. The city did. Blue bulldoze my 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 farms. Oh yeah, I had two acres of land in Chicago um, that we're yeah. recapping. So, but but I do love. I'm not a hypnotist in any way. I've, I've studied a little bit of it. Um, and you did explain a lot of this early on. On June fourth, because you, your show started on June fourth, 2020, called "Opening the Loops," yeah. and then you began talking about your own personal journey. And somewhere along the way, um, I don't know where, you became, went from that to doing more interviews. And, um, and also, uh, I, one of them was, who shot Abraham Lincoln? The conspiracy episode. <laughs> and, yeah. from that, and then from that point on, your show took in more and more of um, energy of, of talking to people. So when you talk to, to, to them, I noticed that you keep a very – open mind and you do question them, but how do you, you know, how do you do that? I mean, is it something that you have inside of you that you want to ask these questions? Because some of your guests, I'll be honest with you, I would, I would laugh at. So like, oh, really you believe that? <laughs> and I try not to be mean yeah. about it, but I, there are people who just like, no, I don't, I, you are having this experience. I get that. I want to honor you having this experience, but I, I don't know yeah. that that experience matches my worldview. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I um, yeah. That's one of the things that intrigued me very early on. I saw people that um might not be allowed on other shows, and actually, there was one of my guests. I won't say his name, but he is mm-hmm. um being. Uh, thr- I mean, he he's reached out to me and said, "Greg, you're the only person that will that interviewed me. All these other people said they would, and they backed out last minute." And you're the one person that let let me say my worldview, and I am so grateful to you for that. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I wasn't intending to be like a charitable case here, Ed, um, no. but at the same time, I – to me – Mm-hmm. Um, I want to. <laughs> I truly. I if there's something to some to a worldview that that is so strongly stated, um, even if it's like completely out 
outrageous and incoherent, I'm going to try to make something of it. Um, now that me, I haven't put out every interview I've ever done. I mean, some some were. I did one interview with a guy, and you know, I, I it was pretty clear to me he was drinking the entire time. He was talking about his ex-wife, and you know, I felt very weird about putting. I didn't want to put that out to the public. Um, but uh, sorry, you can hear New York City over here. Um, yeah, oh. so <laughs> I hope you can. Um, but yes, it's a little it's a little loud on the streets here. Um, Surprisingly, coming yeah, in very yeah. clear. So, oh, good, good, good. Um, yeah, so I how do I keep an open mind with some of these people? Well, huh? I mean, one of the things that I've definitely done. Is I mean even like Andy Bashago, who uh, of Project Pegasus fame, uh, mm-hmm. when, that was one. Of, I mean when people ask me like quintessential open loops episodes, I always point them to the podcast Pegasus miniseries I did with Andy Bashago, who uh, if your listeners don't know, he was part of the uh, Project. Pe- he says he's part of po- Project Pegasus, the uh, U.S. secret time travel and teleportation program that happens in the middle of the 20th century. Um, mm-hmm. Los Alamos, New Mexico, and, and Parsons Lab, and all this stuff. A really interesting guy. Really fascinating. I mean, I straight, you know, I'm not sure you you're supposed to say hey look dude have you had a medical examiner look into your head at all this stuff but i try to i really do try to ask that question sometimes to people in the nicest kindest way um just because uh, i don't always buy the story i don't always buy the story um and to me it's very interesting I mean, you're not supposed to necessarily confront people about stuff like this, but when you're coming in so strong that this is the way things are, and some of some of us are not there, I, I look at my role often as trying to bridge the gap between the non-believers and the believers. That's somewhere in between people that aren't quite sure if it's real, but they've always been curious. Um, people that are just. People that that are that are seekers like me, um, you know, I I very much want to give everybody the platform if they have something to say, and like I mentioned before, it can be entertaining enough to a crowd. Um, but yeah, to, to yeah, I, I I don't want to I I I want to at least understand how their brain works even if I don't fully understand the content of what they're saying. So I agree. And, 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 you, and so I want, I think to show the breath of it, you did Jesse Jordan one time. The universe is your sugar daddy, I think is the name of it. <laughs> yeah. And she does love next, she loves, does love talk. And I think it's a, a once a week podcast. I've listened to a couple of them. And I'll be honest, the show that she does is really very sweet and it doesn't hold my attention because it's not what I'm interested in. But I was very fascinated. It got me to actually listen to her show. Um the show. And I thought it was um I thought that it was really like very mainstream. Uh, Jesse Jordan is she's a, a force in the musical world. It's the only way to describe it. You know, when you do people like that, how do you you know that's kind of the other side of it, right? You are as an actor, former actor and an entertainer. That must have been a lot of fun to do things like that. And you've had other people who've done that. Hello? Did I lose you? Nope. I hey, just, and... Yeah, I just lost yeah. you there for a second. It happens. Um, if anyone knows my live shows, that would have been a shot. You know, for those of you who are playing the Ed, Ed game... That's a shot. Um, <laughs> You're talking about Jesse Jordan. Yes, and I was saying, how do you feel? Because that's a very mainstream, as I explained. She is a very – mad. Uh, not only does she have a podcast, but she has this sort of – really is a force in the music world. So that must have been very interesting yeah. to have somebody – and her idea that the universe is your sugar daddy, that universe manifests for you. That must have been very interesting. Yeah. And that must have been very interesting. That, for me, that would have been – I did – like I said, I tried to listen to her show, and I think she does a great show. 
if you're looking for the sweeter, lighter side of uh, manifestation, that's a definitely yeah. list too. Yeah, you know, and part of that is early on discovering what this show was and still mm-hmm. thinking that this show has room. I mean, look, I definitely listen to episodes. I put on Coast to Coast sometime, and, you know, it's like Ian Punnett has uh, a, a Rolling Stones documentarian on and it has, mm-hmm. or someone that was in Hollywood. It has nothing to do with the mystical, nothing to do with um, – I mean I guess it's quasi-related, but there's no ghosts. There's no – there's nothing like that. So to me it's like, okay, they're still playing in the realm of imagination, and I think that is very early on in the show, and it's still something that I – I still want to entertain. I mean, yeah, I know. I interviewed, like, my high school friends early on, my high school friends, some people in high school I was curious about. Um, I was always, to me, following my curiosity is the number one thing. Now, it might not be for the audience, and, and as you start to build an audience and get more people and, you know, maybe one day get to a place where it's like a national show or whatnot, all my goals of... I, I'm definitely there, – there's a lane to walk in, but I grew up with Howard Stern. To me, Howard Stern is still one of my gods of broadcasting, and that's a guy that could have Mick Jagger on, which he just did recently, but also mm-hmm. could have losers from the street and make interesting audio, the theater of the mind, as people call it. So to me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to interview anybody that I think is somewhat interesting and make interesting content out of it. That was my goal very early on. And Jesse Jordan was somebody that, um, well, she spoke to certainly like the lighter side. You're absolutely right, Ed, of spirituality. Um, she was a, she was intrigued with this stuff, so I was curious about that. But also. I just want to know the insides of the music industry. Um, I want to speak to what's going on behind the scenes because to me that's part of the fun of the show. And that was the early – I described it as kind of the, the looping that I was doing of the show. That was between like escaping intellectually into metaphysical, esoteric, uh, paranormal, supernatural ideas, but then – Intellectual is so escaping intellectually, um, but then there's intellectually escaping, which is kind of uh, let me think here. Well, actually, sometimes I get the terms confused. I, I think what I meant is early on, escapist intellectualism was ah, that's what it was. Okay, so intellectually yes. escaping was escaping based on abstract ideas in general. That feeling that you get talking about something philosophical, breaking something down, uh, learning about the abstract, that joy. And then escapist intellectualism was like being very intellectual about escapist ideas, whether that's hypnosis, whether that's the metaphysical, whether that's the supernatural. I loved getting into intellectual conversations about the existence of psychic powers and um, also deconstructing, you know, I mean, Disney is a frequent theme I talk about on my show. As a Mm -hmm. kid, when my dad took me to those theme parks, Walt Disney World, and would say, Greg, you see that ride over there? Or, or he'd say, hey, look at the windows as you walk down Main Street, USA. Look at the way that the top window is physically – it's not actually uh, a space a human being could walk in, but, it, but, but it's created to – it's shaped like an illusion to make it seem like this is actually a building front when really it's just like a set for the audience. To me, like learning about the secrets, and that's my magic background, the secrets behind the magic was just as magical an experience growing up. So, yeah, I think, Ed, I'm constantly playing with that tension on the show. And mm-hmm. uh, with Jesse Jordan in particular, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I asked her about the music industry and, and a lot about uh, – her, her experiences, but I also asked her, like, has she encountered the Illuminati working with Beyonce? Um, stuff like that is just as compelling to me. So, yeah, I probably veered a little more towards the esoteric just because my interest is, as I've had guests on, I'm going, oh, wait, this is, this is going deeper than I, oh, 
oh, there's more to this. Oh my gosh, there's so much more to this. Um, so, so I've definitely been keeping it there. But hey, if if you get a big name Hollywood star, music star, someone in showbiz that wants to come on the show and just have like a a deep dive discussion about the way their life works, their psyche, the industry. Um, I will also go there because I, I believe there is something of interest inside of that person that uh, I'm willing to draw out if they'll give me the space for it. Yeah, I can understand that. And I, I did the Howard Stern one Halloween oh, over, a dec- over a decade before he got serious, XM. He's a hard person to, to be on because he just makes so many jokes, and he made so much fun of me when I was on there. Um, you were on Stern? Uh, oh, my gosh. For Halloween one year, yeah. I, we had made the Chicago Tribune front page with our fight in Rossville, Illinois, and we got a lot of attention, AOL. And we got, that was just – so one of the things I think happens to people, and they have to understand when you're in this kind of space – you have moments where you're suddenly the hottest thing on the, on, on the, you know, like you're one of the hottest things. Everybody wants to book you for, you know, whatever little bit of time. And then it drops. It's just as quickly. So there was like, like two weeks in October, I think it was, uh, man, cow, a bunch of them. Cause we were fighting with, uh, cause we got on the front page with a local minister and we got into a big fight with them in front of the reporters. Um, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, it was a big thing. And then, yeah, the Chicago Tribune, the USA Today. It was just every once in a while, things like people don't understand sometimes in the synchronicity. So, oh, you're, you're really well known. Well, no, most of the time my show, and I'm really grateful for my listeners, is that it's a grind, right? It's a grind. You just do the shows and do the shows. But every once in a while something happens which kind of gets you to the next level or gives you a few minutes of that piece onto that level. Um, and then it goes away. I mean, that was, that was it. It lasted like two weeks. And then, you know, it didn't get me as far as I hoped. I hoped to do – I was hoping that I would get on Good Morning America along with uh, other people. We didn't right. get that far. Yeah, we didn't get that far. Um, and, and part of it is, you know, manifestation. Part of it is – part of it's just grinding and part of it's luck. But, you, cause, um, but I think you've got a lot of, of talent behind you that you're – I think you're going to get better guests. I think I could see you as a talk show host. I could see you as a regular talk show host, not just of your, of your podcast, but I could see you sitting by the stage and, and talking to all sorts of people. Um, oh, thank you, Ed. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird that things come back to you. I mean, I didn't even think about this, but I, I used to carry around a tape recorder, one of those, uh, I don't even know if it was mm-hmm. like uh, what the company was. It was Panasonic, like a small kid's tape recorder with a microphone as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it was only after I started doing this podcast and loving it that that memory consciously came to me and I went, Oh my gosh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been recording, I've been putting a microphone and recording myself since I was so young. It is crazy, and I think this is something for uh, your guests that's actionable to pay attention to. Try to remember those things that you just loved as a kid when you were young, those things that you love doing. Um, if, you're, if you're at a loss of purpose, if you're at trying to figure out what you want to create in your life, there are clues in your play space as a kid that I think um, are much more in tune with where you want to be on a daily basis. Certainly is the case for me in this. Um, for a little while, it was for me too. Um... That's why I got into the worm business because uh, I raised worms as a kid and sold them on the, uh, my one of my. I've always been kind of entrepreneurial, um, but you're, you're right. I do think that people do need to look at what they do did as a kid because if you can play, and that's what I tell people, I'm an adventurer, and I've gotten to the point where I'm playing a lot, um, and so that I, I agree with you 100%. So let me go ahead. Yeah. And I've got two more two more questions, uh, and the first one is is that. What are your like? What is it that you enjoyed the most about your show and about the, the explorations that you've done? <laughs> uh, let's see. I love having. I I'm prone to this. I know I, I I'm prone to to uh, loving the experience of having my mind blown. I love it. I, I, I'm addicted to mind-blowing content. Um, now, I'm also – I mean, look, if, if I go off in an interview 
and uh, discover something. And then, I mean, it worked actually when Gary Cacciolillo was on my mm-hmm. show of Everything Imaginable podcast. Um, I, you know, I was like, okay, well, we'll talk about your show. We'll talk about your interests. We'll talk about um, – he wrote a book on enlightenment. And then uh, I was like, oh, you're a Zen Buddhist. Da, 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 da. He's like, yeah, but I got defrocked. And as opposed to just being like, oh, interesting, um, I, I made that a focus of the episode. Um, sometimes it's those unconscious slips or the things that people talk about that like <laughs> are totally off topic, off the rails that I like tap into that I'm going, ah, no, no, wait, there's something there. There's something there. So the spontaneous nature of the show. I love I love mm-hmm. discovering the thing that I didn't even know the show was going to be about. Um, the episode I have coming out tomorrow with this lady, Ambika Dave Devi, uh, she is she's like an all sorts of w- witchy kind of mystical figure. Um, <laughs> she had no idea that most of the interview was going to be talking about a self-combusting monk. But she brought it up at the beginning, and I kept having to return to it because I needed to know more of that story. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that is – it was about a monk that spontaneously combusted, supposedly, um, discovering stuff like that. But if you can couple that in with mind-blowing content that I haven't heard before, which gets a little tricky, Ed. I mean, I, I sometimes wonder how art did it. Um, and George Norrie sometimes and, and, and people that have I mean you know you have one person talking about crystals one week and then another person going are they is it new content is this interesting is it how do you find that how do you keep it going that's definitely something I hold as a challenge to myself because I want to be engaged by what the guests are talking about so look if someone comes on they're engaging, they're interesting in the way they tell the story, and it's a topic I haven't heard, and they have the gift of storytelling to go, ah, but you do know this story of this person. Then I, I get very excited because um, it's like I can kind of sit back and just let them take my mind on an adventure too. I think that's one of the things. Um, when you hear Garrett Art Bell and some of the longer ones, they do have a lot of experience that they build on, so they can throw things at the, their guests, at their own guests. They, they force their own guests to have to reevaluate themselves in the middle. Um, yeah. It's a, they do, and that's one of those things when you've got as much experience as they do. But I also think that's why I like, like a lot of the younger voices that are coming in, because they're not as jaded. You know, of course, Art Bell, as we know, is no longer with us. And I've yet to see a seance. I don't know why Art Bell hasn't come back on a seance. Let me tell this out there. <laughs> That's true. Why are you medium? Why hasn't he? I mean, why hasn't Art Bell been talking through some medium? I, yeah, I fully expected that. And um, That's sure. a great point. We, we should do a broadcast where we try to bring back art. That would be awesome. We, I actually know a pretty good medium. I'll have to figure out which mediums could do that. But, you know, and, um, oh, I've asked this question. It says, why don't we have – more Valley Girls dancing to Britney Spears as ghosts. We should, you know, that sort of thing. You know, yes, yes. Um, and even I've talked, we've even talked about, you know, they're always chasing after paranormal people, after ghosts and everything, when they have all these witches who say that they can summon spirits and do all of this other thing. Why aren't they using their tools to detect and hunt magic and get these witches out there to do I've always asked this question. I, I think that a lot of people aren't looking in the right direction sometimes. Um, but that's, that's totally. me. And people, and people think I'm trying to be funny, but I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. I am doing it for like a bit of a giggle, but no, but I'm very serious about this. I know inside the witch community right now, the pagan community, a lot of elders who have recently passed have begun being channeled by other people. Um, some, of our, some of our people who have died within the last decade are now being seen as channeled spirits that have been coming back and talking to us. And that's a big movement inside the uh, pagan, uh, pagan Wiccan spirit community, but that's very surprising. But that's neither here nor there. But it's, it's, you've got tons of very popular stuff. Um, one of the things that I noticed you don't touch on – well, never mind. Uh, let me go ahead and go here, and then, then I'll ask my last question. You don't do a lot of quantum reality. You don't do a lot of hard science type of stuff, I noticed. Mm. You do mm-hmm. – I was, I was curious what you, about now, what, that. Now, what do you 
that now do you mean like uh like actually having a scientist come on and talk about the quantum physics and the nature of reality yeah yeah did now uh, yeah i i would um <laughs> i i i i definitely would i mean i i definitely think quantum comes up quantum healing comes up in the manifestation yeah, you've done quantum healing. Somebody, some people talk about that, but in terms of, yeah, I, I'd be open to, I mean, that's what, that's partly why, uh, you know, just thinking more clues. I, I had a high school physics teacher, this guy named Mr. Bridger, who was also as skilled in English and the humanities, and he was, a, he was an acapella teacher for me, um, as, as much as he was in theoretical physics. I couldn't even believe he taught at the high school, but one of the things I loved doing was before acapella rehearsal. I would come in, and I'd ask him about – I just read uh, Alan uh, Lightman's book, uh, the, the Einstein Dream, and I asked him about that. I asked him about Stephen Hawking. I'd ask him about um, – that was kind of my early foray into the metaphysical in a lot of ways because I definitely did not know about quantum physics until high school. And once I learned about you know Schrodinger's cat and all this stuff, I went, holy moly, this is fascinating. Um, that said, yeah, I would I, – I, I must just not have had a guest yet that I – I'm I, I must have not found someone yet that I uh, would have on. Now, that said, I'm totally open to it. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps there is a bias I do have against – just because I read so many of those physics books in high school, and, and I was very atheist uh, at late high school going into college. I think there's a part of me that's like, okay, I kind of get – I kind of get the – even though no one really knows quantum physics, if they say they do, according to quotes, um, I, I kind of get it. Therefore, I'm going to go into like the deep end with people that are talking about all kinds of magical things with it. Um, and then maybe once I've like overloaded myself on that, I'll go back to this and even have someone on to tell me why it's wrong. I mean, there is um, there are people out there. I uh, forget the guy's name. I have his book on my Kindle, and I've never read the whole thing. Um, but, I mean, this guy goes on, and he's like, look, these people talking about law of attraction and and using quantum physics in the new age, complete BS. They're misunderstanding it. They're talking about microscopic phenomena in quantum physics and to apply it to a macroscopic view of reality that you can shape using your brain and somehow attribute that to quantum physics, which physicists don't fully understand, is so preposterous. It's crazy that these new age people are getting away with it. Um, That's kind of a view that I – it sounds worth investigating more. Um, So, you know, I mean, look, I think – again, I I know that law of attraction and manifestation are using – metaphors and as a hypnotist metaphor is uh one of the great tools that a hypnotist has and and humans have in general to make meaning in the world happen uh you can't just reduce everything down word by word to read to a discernible reality and and whatnot otherwise like you know even words are technically metaphors and symbols of reality. So, yeah, you know, I mean, you can keep playing these word games all day, but um, I guess the – man, Ed, I totally just, like, looped myself here. Holy moly, I don't even know where I went. Um, but, yes, yes, folks, that, that is what – that was – I was nesting loops and loops and loops just unconsciously there. Um, so thanks for going along with me if you did. Uh, I did, yeah. actually. <laughs> good, I, think, good. I think the conclusion um, is is that you just haven't found that you haven't come across the guest, and when you do, you're going to bring yeah. them on too, because because you do have that open sort of pattern. Yes, and you know what? There's a guy. I I will put this out there. I don't know if uh, this is a guy I am so fascinated by, and it's hard to know if it's real now that he's not. He kind of went radio silent online. David Williams, if you're out there. He was posting in a lot of the John Titer, the John, or some people call it Teeter, um, John Teeter, who was the in the early 2000s, the time travel <laughs> internet legend. Guy claimed he was going back in time, was on a bunch of chat forums, all this stuff needed to retrieve a device. People think it was a hoax. 
Some people think it's real. This guy claims he met him, has one of his devices, was jumping for years, lives in Florida, was weird enough in his post but also smart enough in, in the way he talked about physics that made me believe he, he at least knew something. And I was talking to him for a little bit, and he said he'd come on my show, but he said the only way he would come on is if I found a qualified theoretical physicist that he approved of, like he wanted to look at his credentials to have the conversation about this device and why it would work. So David has – he got pretty sick for a while, he claims, and he hasn't been as active on Facebook so I hope he's okay. Sending my love to him if he's out there, whether he's telling the truth or not. But he was saying some stuff, Ed, that made me go, I got to get in a conversation with him and a physicist at the very least because he is swearing that he has jumped through time and talks mm-hmm. in highfalutin physics language enough for me to think he really is a he's a smart he's a smart guy. Um, so yeah, that is, that's one case where I would have had a theoretical physicist on. If any time travelers want to come on my show and, uh, have a physicist there to like validate your beliefs, my gosh, I will do that episode in a heartbeat. I bet you, I bet that I would, I would listen to that. Absolutely. Um, but people don't remember that Tesla even claimed to have received communications across time, not just with aliens, but in some of his wireless experiments, he actually communicated with the future, and he made huge predictions that we now know are, were accurate. I mean, he talked about the cell phone and things like that. So, and I've always felt that Nostradamus picked up the cable. Um, if you ever followed Nostradamus, he predicted a lot of great movies. Um, I joke about that, but it's true. I mean, I do think, but we do have this evidence that people in the past. But for my last question, I'm really grateful for you to be here today. I really have enjoyed this. Um, so my last question I ask, I'm going to ask you, so if you could give advice to your 15-year-old self or anyone else who's really kind of starting out trying to create something like this, uh, what would you give them? What type of advice would you give? Yeah, oh, my gosh. Uh, well, look, Noah, Ed, I, I've had an amazing time, too, so this has been very fun. I'm grateful for coming on. Um, yeah, so my, my advice to my 15-year-old self is uh, keep just – let me think. Uh, two things. One is no one cares about anybody except themselves, ultimately. Everybody's self-obsessed. Everybody, like the amount of time you're, think of the amount of time, Greg, don't judge. You're not judging other people. You're just worried about yourself. Therefore, everybody else is. So just be yourself more. And if you polarize people, great. At least you're living your truth. That's part one. Part two to that is um, start you know, that's that's one thing I got from this life coach, Spencer Burnett, who – love that guy. Check out his stuff if you want to understand uh, workflow. And, and uh, yeah, he's someone that bridges the gap between law of attraction and actually taking steps, action steps to make your manifestation happen. Um, you know, it's not just woo-woo. It's like practical step-by-step. Step. Oh, am I going to record for an hour today? Great. I did it. Therefore, loop is closed. My brain feels satisfied. I can move on to something else. Um, So to his point, what he said was, Greg, record 10 episodes and get back to me. And I said, well, what if it's not good? What if he said, just record 10. They're going to be crap. Just go. So that's what I would say to anybody I'll create. My gosh, there it just go. Go, go, go. You have one you have one life that you're aware of, at least in this reality at this moment. Um, therefore, use it wisely and and get started. There's only so much time. One the one true commodity that we all share and there is very limited amount of time, so use it to, to, well. I agree with you. That was very cool. Well, thank you for being on the show and everything. And, uh, yes, Ed. I'm so honored. Oh my gosh, I really am. Oh, good. Well, I think I think you have a, a, a lot yet to say. I think you're going in a great direction and everything else. So, I, with that, I think I yeah, I thank you for being on the show. All right, folks, this has been our show today. Tomorrow we're going to be back with the par- covering more of the Parliament, and on Friday, 
the digital disruption of the world's religions. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So let's say good night, folks, and good night, Greg, and good night, everybody. Thank you for being here. And, of course, by glitching on my last song of the day. Uh, <laughs> I always finish with a big, big song. Uh, there we go. Ancient Mother. We're going to play that one because I think this is a great piece. Ancient Mother, I hear you calling. Ancient Mother, I hear your song. Ancient Mother, I hear your laughter. Ancient Mother, I taste your Change my-